whenever I'm going through something difficult in my life and whenever I'm presented with a problem or opportunity to manifest a different desired reality from the one I'm experiencing now, I like to look in Neville Goddard's lectures and books for inspiring quotes or passages that can help me anchor in the knowledge and the experience that I need for that moment. One of Neville's most important teachings is around the concept of persistence, persisting in your desire. And so I thought I would read out some of my favorite Neville passages about persistence. And if you're needing to persist in anything in your life and need a little encouragement, just know Neville and I both believe in you. And here we are presenting you with some of his passages so that you will continue. Lots of love. In a radio talk, at station KECA in Los Angeles on July 1951, Neville said, The perfect man judges not after appearances, he judges righteously. He sees himself and others as he desires himself and them to be. He hears what he wants to hear. He sees and hears only the good. He knows the truth and the truth sets him free and leads him to good. The truth shall set all mankind free. This is our spiritual revival. Character is largely the result of the direction and persistence of voluntary attention. I'm going to repeat that last line again. Character is largely the result of direction and persistence of voluntary attention. In that same radio talk in 1951, Neville says about persistence, the necessity of persistence in prayer is shown us in the Bible. Which of you, asked Jesus, shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will arise and give as many as he needeth. Luke 2. The word translated as importunity means literally shameless impudence. We must persist until we succeed in imagining ourselves into the situation of the answered prayer. The secret of success is found in the word perseverance. The soul, imagining itself into the act, takes on the results of the act. Not imagining itself into the act, it is ever free from the result. Experience in imagination what you would experience in reality, were you already what you want to be, and you will take on the result of that act. Do not experience in imagination what you want to experience in reality, and you will ever be free of the result. When ye pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall receive. One must persist until he reaches his friend on a higher level of consciousness. He must persist until his feeling of the wish fulfilled has all the sensory vividness of reality. 
In that same radio talk, Neville continues on persistence. He says, There is no need for special gifts or genius. It is not bestowed on any individual, but one by persistence and practice of meditation. If he persists, the dark caverns of his brain will grow luminous and he will set out day after day for the hour of meditation as if to keep an appointment with a lover. When it comes, he rises within himself as a diver, too long underwater, rises to breathe the air and see the light. In this meditative mood, he experiences in imagination what he would experience in reality had he realized his goal, that he may in time become transformed into the image of his imagined state. In his 1967 lecture, The Secret of Prayer, Neville says, The secret of scriptural prayer, as told in the form of a parable, is to pray and never lose heart. One such parable tells of a widow who kept coming to a judge, asking for vindication. At first he did not respond. Then he said to himself, Although I neither fear God nor regard man, yet I will exonerate her, because by her much coming she wearies me. Parables like dreams contain a single jet of truth. This parable urges persistence in mastering the art of prayer. Once you have mastered it, you will live in the state of thanksgiving, and all through the day you will say over and over again to yourself, Thank you, Father. I love that one, actually, as an aside. Let's weary our old states by persisting in the state of our desired reality. He continues in the same lecture about persistence. When you are learning the art of prayer, persistence is necessary, as told to us, in the story of the man who, coming at night, said, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Although his friend replied, It is late, the door is closed, my children are in bed, and I cannot come down and serve you. Because of the man's importunity, his friend gave him what he wanted. The word importunity means brazen impudence. The man repeated and repeated his request, unwilling to take no for an answer. The same is true in the story of the widow. These are all parables told to illustrate prayer. He continues on persistence. Eventually, we are all going to know we are the Father. But in the meanwhile, persistence is the key to a change in life. More income, greater recognition, or whatever the desire may be. If your desire is not fulfilled today, tomorrow, next week, or next month, persist for persistency will pay off. All of your prayers will be answered if you will not give up. In an undated lecture, Arise, Neville says on persistence, you must know that your assumption, though false to the outer world, will harden into fact by your persistence. The perfect man judges not after appearances, but judges righteously. He hears what he wants to hear and sees only the good. Knowing the truth that sets him free, he is led to all good. Character is largely the result of the direction and persistence of voluntary action. Therefore, think truly and your thoughts shall set the world's famine feed. Speak truly and each word shall be a fruitful seed. 
live truly and your life shall be a great and noble creed. In a 1963 lecture called Paul's Autobiography, Neville says on persistence, Read the fruit of the Spirit. It is not only love and joy and peace, it is patience. It is persistence. In the end of the book of Galatians, he gives you the proof of the Spirit. So, I can persist. I can be patient. I will imagine they are as they ought to be. Though at the moment reason denies it, and my senses deny it, and everything denies it. But this is the fruit of the Spirit. I'll be patient. I will imagine things are as I would like them to be. That is God in action. And God in action is Christ. I like what I am doing there. For the Spirit bears the fruit of love, joy, and peace. These are the first petals that come out. Then come the other attributes, and among them you will find there is patience, there is persistence. I absolutely love this. It's not just love, joy, and peace. It is patience and persistence. And if you're finding that you are getting impatient for your desire to come about, remember that the fruit of the Spirit includes persistence and patience for that fruit to become the most delicious, the most nutritious fruit imaginable. In his 1959 lecture, The Bread and the Wine, Neville had this to say about persistence. He says, Is there anything you cannot imagine? Yet many cannot believe what the book says is true. You admit you can imagine it, yet man does not believe that the thing imagined can be true. But I tell you that if you can imagine it and persist, your persistence will win and you will prove the truth of the statement in Mark 11 given above. However, that is on this level of the world. It is called in the Bible feasting on the bread and fish, or the loaves and fishes. We can bring about all the changes we desire in our world if we imagine we have it and persist in that state. For if I will persist, I will win. He continues, it is wonderful. If you want better health or a finer job or a larger world, then you use imagination to create it. You hear and see and touch as if your dream were a reality and then you persist. And with persistence, you will win. If you will only persist in hearing and in seeing what you want to see, you cannot fail to realize it. It is a wonderful diet and everyone is invited to feast upon it. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you have them and you shall have them. You need no other on the outside, but if you will have anything against another, forgive him and your father will forgive you. In his 1969 lecture, The Ultimate Sense, Neville says on persistence, Now, while you are still here, you have needs which must be met and perhaps desires yet to be fulfilled. So I urge you to use the law by assuming that you have them, for your assumption is the beginning of your dream. Although your reasonable mind and your outer senses deny it, your persistence will harden your assumption into fact. I have watched it happen unnumbered times. Your noble dreams will not interfere with the basic dream that is taking place in you. So take your wonderful dreams and persist in them. 
walk as though they were true. Try to touch them and give them reality. If you can use the sense of odor, try to detect it. In his 1969 lecture, All That You Behold, Neville says on persistence, When you imagine something, it is as though you struck a chord, and everything in sympathy with that chord responds to bear witness to the activity in you. If the world is the responding chord to what you are imagining, and David is a man after your own heart who will do all your will, is David not the outer world? This is not will as the world uses the word. You do not will something to be so, but imagine it and become inwardly convinced that it is so. And if, through your persistence, the world responds, you have not only found David, you have found the Lord as your own wonderful human imagination. So I'm going to repeat that sentence again. You do not will something to be so, but imagine it and become inwardly convinced that it is so. And if, through your persistence, the world responds, you have not only found David, you have found the Lord as your own wonderful human imagination. In his 1969 lecture, I Am the Lord, Neville says on persistence, it is entirely up to you what you think. If you want to hate someone, you can augment it through intensity and persistence. The same is true if you want to love someone. For your human imagination is the only God you will ever know. And he is in his temple, the temple you are. So in this passage, he's saying, it's entirely up to you what you think and what you bring true in your life. You augment it through intensity and persistence. And that's true whether you want to hate someone or love someone because our human imagination is the only God we'll know. And we experience our desires through intensity and persistence of the use of our human imagination. In his 1969 lecture, The Perfect Image, Neville says, Moving into states is done through the act of assumption with feeling and persistence. Assume health. Stand in its center and clothe yourself with its feeling. Persist in claiming a healthy body and a healthy mind, and your assumption will harden into fact as you move into and objectify the state of health. I'll repeat it one more time. Moving into states is done through the act of assumption with feeling and persistence. Assume health. Stand in its center and clothe yourself with its feeling. Persist in claiming a healthy body and a healthy mind, and your assumptions will harden into fact as you move into and objectify the state of health. In an unnamed lecture in 1963, Neville says this about persistence. Functioning on this level, it takes a little while to persuade ourselves when reason denies it and our senses deny it. Were we functioning on higher levels, everything would be immediately subject to our imaginative power. On this level, it takes a little while, and so it takes persistence, it takes patience, it takes diligence. These are the things we pay, the price we pay for the fruits we are seeking to reap in this world. Here, we always bear in mind the distinction between states and the occupant of the state. 
you are an immortal being occupying a state. That state may be poverty, wealth, health, sickness. It may be to be known in this world or to be unknown, but there are only states. You are neither known or unknown. You are immortal. You are neither rich or poor. These do not really define you at all. You can assume that you are, and to the degree that you are persuaded you are, you bear the fruit of that state, but you are neither rich or poor. You are immortal, destined eventually to inherit the whole vast universe, for it is God's purpose to give you himself as though there were no other in the world, just God and you, and not even God and you, just God, and you are he. That is the purpose. So in this passage, what he's saying is on the level that we exist as human beings, things take a little while to come into fruit, come into fruition. And it takes persistence, patience and diligence for this to happen. If we knew who we were, if we were functioning on higher levels, if we knew that we were one with God, everything would be immediately subject to our imaginative power. But in the state of being a human, it takes a little while. So it takes persistence. In his 1956 lecture, By Blood and Water, Neville says this on persistence. He says, you are told the limit is within you. You make the limit, there is no limit. Whatsoever you desire, ask in my name, for name simply means nature. If I wanted to be in a house and to feel that I am the occupant of that house, there is a certain feeling, a certain nature that goes with it. I must appropriate it as though it were true. Here I am called upon to bring something alive out of a state that is dead. For if I told you what I have done, you would question my sanity and you would feel that I am trying to give expression to something that is being pulled out of nothing. For you cannot see it. You don't see me in the house. You don't see me actually occupying and enjoying the life that you know I desire to enjoy. So if I persist in that assumption to you, if you should know my persistence, you might think I'm headed towards a form of insanity. But if tomorrow the house becomes an embodied fact and I the occupant, then you look at it passively and you will still try to justify it by tracing its appearance back to a visible cause. You will see that in some way, unknown to you, my resources were lifted up, that in some way I became more eligible for that house, and you will trace it back to a change in my fortune. You will trace it back to a change in something in my world, but you won't trace these changes back to the unseen assumption in which I dwell. I love this because he talks about how his own persistence, his own persistence to an assumption is almost, you know, on the level of the appearance of a madman. You know, he says, if you knew how I persisted, if you knew the way in which I persisted, you might think I'm headed towards a form of insanity. And I kind of like that. Because it gives us an example of how that can look to others when we persist in an assumption. But he says, you are told the limit is within you. There is no limit. So it's up to you to persist in your assumption for the world around you to deliver the desire that you are persisting in, the assumption that you are persisting in. And it's not going to be obvious to others that it was your assumption that actually brought this change to you. Pretty interesting stuff. In his 1969 lecture, Spiritual Sensation, Neville says, 
Let no one tell you that one man can in any way enslave the world because no one can stop men from imagining. A tyrant like Hitler or Stalin frightened men into accepting their leadership. But the minute men stopped being afraid of them, they were afraid. The minute you are not afraid, you are not enslaved. So be not afraid, that's the story of the world. Our economy is based upon fear. The war scare, the peace scare, the market scare. If you can lose all fear and imagine what you would like to have in spite of what seems to be, and persist in that awareness, your persistence will bring your desires to pass. So let me repeat that last line. If you can lose all fear and imagine what you would like to have in spite of what seems to be, and persist in that awareness, your persistence will bring your desire to pass. He continues on this. If it takes unnumbered tens of thousands to play their part to aid the birth of your imaginal act, they will, not even knowing they are playing the part you assigned them. You don't need to know who they are. All you are required to do is persist in your imaginal act, because that is God in action. But if you quit, then you do not know who God is. You are told, The word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me void but must prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That word is an imaginal act. It must return to you and bring you the fruit of that which you intended when you sent it out. In his 1966 lecture, Christ in Man, Neville says, when you see anything in a dilapidated state, it is a past state, old and fixed, but you can change it by throwing the ball. If, at first, the ball will not leave your hand because of the obvious facts before you, persist. How long, O Lord, must I forgive the brother who sins against me? Seventy times seven. Do it and do it and do it until you succeed in letting go of the past and seeing what you wish in its place. Persist and persist and persist until you can actually let it go. You may think there is no way out of your present turmoil, but I don't care how fixed that seeming turmoil is. If you persist and persist and persist, he who is from above has to come down and grant your request. Practice repentance on this side of the veil while the work is going on in a hidden manner on the other side, and the wall will become thinner and thinner until the shell is broken and Christ is born. And who is he? I am. After you break the shell, it's not Jesus and you, there is Jesus only. And on that day, the Lord shall be one, and his name, one. He continues, You have that power. Test it by bringing a seemingly hopeless case before your mind's eye, and revise it. Persist in revising it until you can let go of that ball, by feeling the breath of relief, because it is done. If tomorrow does not bring the confirmation or next week, wait, for it is done. And in a way that no one on earth could devise, it will come into your world and you will see the results of what you did. In a 1951 radio talk, Neville said, By imagination, we are all reaping our destinies, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent. Imagination has full power of objective realization and every stage of man's progress or regression is made by the exercise of imagination. 
I believe, with William Blake. What seems to be is, to those to whom it seems to be, and is productive of the most dreadful consequences to those to whom it seems to be, even of torments, despair, and eternal death. By imagination and desire, we become what we desire to be. Let us affirm to ourselves that we are what we imagine. If we persist in the assumption that we are what we wish to be, we will become transformed into that which we have imagined ourselves to be. In his 1968 lecture, Persistent Assumption, Neville said, Daring to assume that all things are possible to imagine, put this one reality to the extreme test by assuming you are the person you would like to be. Your reasonable mind and outer senses may deny it, but I promise you, if you will persist, you will receive your assumption. Believe me, you are the same God who created and sustains the universe, but are keyed low. You must be persistent if you would bring about a change. When you know what you want, you don't ask God as though he were another. You ask your individual self to bring about your desire for you are he. And God, your own wonderful human imagination, will respond when you will not take no for an answer, as though your denial is spoken from within and there is no other. It is within your own being that you persist in assuming you have received what you want. He continues, A friend recently shared a vision with me in which I appeared and said, The story of Jesus is persistent assumption. If this is true and we are told to imitate him as a dear child, I must dare to assume I am the thing I want to be. I must continue in that assumption until that which I have assumed is objectively realized. And if I am one with everyone, how can anyone be greater than I? Do not believe that someone is greater than you because of some influx of spirit or validity. Your imagination is the only God and there is no other being greater than He. Claim you are what you want to be. Persist in that assumption. Continue to assume that role until that which you have assumed is reflected in your world. He continues, Although we seem to be many, in the most intimate manner possible we are one. On this level, you and I are keyed low for purposes beyond our wildest dreams, yet called upon to make the effort to rise above it. This is done in a physical, scientific, and artistic sense as we begin to discover and express our human imaginations. We rise above this level through the act of assumption, for an assumption, though false, if persisted in will harden into fact. As William Blake said, if the fool will persist in his folly, he will become wise. He continues, Begin now to actively, constantly use your imagination. For as you prove its creative power on this level, you are awakening to a higher level and birth into the spirit world where you know yourself to be God. Prove to yourself that you are God by feeling your desire is now an accomplished fact. Listen to your friends talk about you. Are they rejoicing because of your good fortune or are they expressing envy? Imagine their words are true. Persist in imagining they are true. Continue to imagine your desire is already an accomplished fact. And when it is objectively realized, proof will be yours. In his 1967 lecture, The Cup of Experience, Neville says, 
Imagination is God's great gift. He is love, yes. He is infinite power and wisdom, but his creative power is imagination. Giving you his creative power, he gives you his son, Christ, defined in the second chapter of Paul's letter to the Corinthians as the power of God and the wisdom of God. And because of this great gift, when you see one that you love dearly as unemployed, without funds, and in great need, embarrassed, unclothed, you can represent him to yourself as gainfully employed, beautifully clothed, happy and debt-free. Then, as you persist in exercising your imagination concerning your friend, the world will remold itself and shape him in the likeness of one who is gainfully employed, debt-free, and happy. All of this is possible because of God's great gift to you. He continues, Who is this being in whom I have sinned? His name is I Am. How have I sinned against thee and thee only? by seeing someone in my world that is in need and allowing him to remain there. For I cannot sin against another as I am the one seeing it. So I must change and represent him to myself as someone I desire to see. And I must persist in that belief until he conforms to the image I have created. That is what you are called upon to do. For you were made subject unto vanity and live alone in your world. So if you desire it to change, you alone must change it and live in the state of the desired change. I know this from experience because the night I was lifted up to the state of perfection, I came upon this infinite sea of human imperfection. And as I glided by, all were made perfect in harmony with that state to which I was lifted. So you must lift yourself to the state you desire your world to reflect because everything in it is yourself made visible. The whole vast world is projecting God and God's name is I am. Believe my visions for they have never betrayed me. I may betray my vision by not accepting its message, but when I was lifted up, I was shown that everyone I encounter is myself. And when I represent that seeming other to myself as I would like him to be, to the degree that I persist in that assumption, he conforms to that state. He continues, Tonight, ask yourself, Who am I? Where am I? If you do not like your answers, assume you are the person you would like to be, living where you would like to live. Persist in this assumption, although denied by your senses and reason. If you persist, your desires will harden into fact. Start now to take God's gift of his creative power and create. In his lecture, Sons of the Most High from 1968, Neville says, So I say to you, name what you want to be and become so conscious of being it, you believe I am he. For if you are not consciously saying I am he, you are missing your mark. Unless you feel you are the man or woman that you want to be, and persist in that assumption, you are not going to reach your goal. Your assumption may be for earthly things, but I urge you to persist in the assumption that you are God until your very breath proclaims, I am He. The world may tell you that you are crazy, but I'm telling you from experience that you've got to feel you are God in order to know who God is. He continues, 
God, the father of all life is in you. Being all imagination, your true name is I am. And besides you, there is no other God. So I tell you, unless you believe I am he, you will die in your sins, in the sense that you will continue missing the mark. You must assume that you are now the man, the woman you want to be, and persist in that assumption, for there is no other way for you to be it, as there is only God in this world. He continues, while in this world of Caesar, go to bed this night and putting your head on the true pillow called the skull, dare to assume that you are the man, the woman that you would like to be. Just assume it. Tomorrow, if the world denies it, turn your back on its denial and persist in your assumption and you will become that which you have assumed you are. But when your world reflects your persistent assumption, don't forget how you brought it into being. You brought it to pass by assuming I am he and there is no other God. In his 1968 lecture, Live the Answer Now, Neville says, I urge you to dream nobly. Although your dream may seem impossible, invite it into your consciousness by feeling it is real. Wear this feeling as you would a suit of clothes and persist until the feeling takes on the tones of reality. Do that and in a way no one knows, your desire will appear as an eruption of your continuous thought. I really love this one. Wear this feeling as you would a suit of clothes and persist until the feeling takes on the tones of reality. Do that and in a way that no one knows, your desire will appear as an eruption of your continuous thought. What a wonderful way to say that. So illustrative and imaginative, no pun intended. He continues, you can sit quietly and enter a glorious dream. If it's shadowy, you are not in it. Persist until you enter it and it will become the only reality. Live in the state of your fulfilled desire now, knowing that in a way unknown and unnoticed by you, it will erupt to become objective fact. Take the challenge of scripture. Whatever you desire, believe you have received it and you will. Dare to believe you have what reason in your senses deny. Persist in your assumption and it will harden into fact. Try it and see. And remember, the Father who became you is speaking to you through the medium of dream and revealing himself in vision. For the world is his play. In his 1969 lecture, Spiritual Sensation, Neville says, right now you can use your powerful imagination to assume you are what at the moment your senses and reason deny. Walk in this assumption knowing you are all imagination and all things are possible to you. Dare to believe the reality of your assumption and watch the world play its part relative to its fulfillment. Your assumption may appear to be false when first imagined, but if you will persist, it will harden into fact because God is he who is doing the assuming. All of the objective facts you see here on earth are only shadows which fade because imagination is their reality. In his 1959 lecture, That Which Already Has Been, Neville says, This platform is concerned only with the great secret of life. 
Here we are convinced that the supreme power that created and sustains the universe is divine imagining, and it does not differ from human imagination save in degree of intensity. So, God in man is your wonderful imagination. That is God. We tell you that imagination creates reality. But bear in mind that at this human level on earth, it takes time and persistence. If we will persist in the image, live in it, sleep in it, breathe in it, it will crystallize into tangible form. Night after night, we take different facets of this truly great secret, and as we turn to the greatest book on imagination in the world, we treat it differently. So as we turn to it, bear in mind that the Bible is addressed to the imagination, not to the man of sense or to the man of reason, the one that is lost or dead or sound asleep. He continues, We are here on the earth as in a great schoolroom. We were not sent here to be punished, but to learn to become creators like our father. There is no original sin, for God made the decision to send me to school. In fact, I was dead. I existed only for God, the creator of the perfect system. And then came the decision to subject me to the schoolroom in the hope I would be set free in the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Given the choice, what child would go to school? <laughs> but loving the child, the parents subjected to that training. How many years are taken from children's lives and given to learning? It's the same with us only it is a vaster school. So let no one tell you that you did anything wrong in being born. These coats of skin were prepared for us, for they helped man, the invisible reality, to become conscious. And then some certain teacher sent by God tell them of the only value in the world, and that is to awake. But if in the awakening you want a better home, a finer job, better health, then try to create it. Failure does not matter. You are learning. But if you persist, you will win. You create by faith. By faith, the worlds were made and sustained. Things that are made are made from things that do not appear. So what would it be like if you were the man you want to be? See the world as you would like to see it. Let me define imagination for you. It is spiritual sensation. The word spiritual is to most of us something that is not practical. The incorporeal as opposed to the corporeal. But imagination is the power to perceive what is absent from the senses. Take a rose. There is not one here. But right now, could I sense it in any way? Smell it? Touch it? I can. Though it is absent from the senses, that is imagination. If imagination creates reality, such perception of what is absent from the senses makes it so. We have unnumbered case histories to prove it. Imagination is the power to perceive what is absent from the senses. And if you persist, you go beyond the sense man and go beyond the rational man. The natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. In his 1968 lecture, Be Imitators of God, Neville says, God began the good work in you, and when he brings it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ, you will reflect the glory of God and bear the express image of his person, 
If God will not stop until that wish is completely realized, then you must be equally persistent. Regardless of things to the contrary, persist until your dream is completely realized. Imitate God as a dear child by having a controlled dream. Make a composite picture of what you want. Ask no one to aid you or if it is right for you. Desiring life to be full, do what God does. Make a wish and possess it. Turn neither to the left nor the right, but persist. Just as God is doing, and nothing can keep you from expressing it. He continues, And dream nobly. Imitate God as a dear child. He started with the wish saying, Let us make man in our image. And God has persisted in his wish as though it were true. Do as God has done. Take a wish and persist in believing it is true. Do not deviate. Just continue believing in its truth. And in the end, you will unveil your wish. You will project it on the screen of space. Just as God has unveiled his wish as Jesus Christ. In his 1970 lecture, The Talon, Neville says, This world is made up of horrible dreams which the one within every individual is dreaming. That one must and will awaken as you hear the story and put it into practice through repentance. Word repentance comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means a radical change of attitude. This change must be so radical that it gets right down to the root, the I am. Think of your world as your mirror. Do you like what you see there? You know you can live with it or ignore it, but perhaps you would like to see it differently. If you would, repent by persuading yourself that you are seeing a world to your liking. Persist in your repentance, for to the degree that you are self-persuaded it is so, it will be so. He continues, The talent is God's gift to you. It is entrusted to you for your use. Use your talent tonight by sleeping in the assumption that you are now, not tomorrow, but now, the person you would like to be. In the morning, persist in your assumption by allowing the world to see you as they would have to see you you now the one you would like to be. Although your reason and senses deny your assumption, if you persist, your desire will harden into fact. In his 1969 lecture, The Lord Our Potter, Neville says, Do not look to another as the cause of your misfortune. If you are perceiving a thing, it is penetrating your brain. Therefore, it exists in you. That which you are perceiving appears to exist in the surrounding world independent of your perception of it, but don't wait for it to change. If you desire a change in that which you are perceiving, you must produce the change in yourself. Ask no one to help you. Simply persist in your new thoughts and let your changed thinking reproduce itself in your outside world, for it is only an outpicturing of the world of thought within you. Try it. You can change your world as this prisoner did. In his imagination, he moved in time to the day after his escape. You can do the same. Would your friends know of your success the day after it was achieved? Would they get together to discuss it? Make their gathering the scene from which you start. What would they say? Would some of them be jealous, some happy for you? Put them all together and eavesdrop on their conversation. Then believe in what you have heard. 
persist and your success is assured. In his 1967 lecture, God is Light, Neville says, on this level, you can start from here, right now and fulfill any dream. May I tell you, you are going to live the life that you are imagining, so imagine well. Imagine the most glorious thing in the world. And no matter how wonderful it is, may I tell you, it is nothing compared to the being that you really are. Nothing in this world can come close to the being you really are. This world of Caesar is only a tiny section of your infinite being. But while you are here, dream nobly. Dream lovely dreams. For you can realize everything if you are willing to imagine that you have them now. Begin now to imagine that you are the man, the woman, you would like to be. And regardless of what happens tomorrow, next week, or next month, if you persist in the assumption that you already are what you want to be, you will become it in this world of flesh and blood. Everything here will vanish, yes. But why not test your creative power? Then you will begin to taste the power latent within you and you will discover that you can conjure out of your own depth things that are seemingly impossible, conjured by the mere act of assumption. If you dare to act and persist in acting as though it were true and it becomes fact, then you will know the truth of your creative power. In his 1969 lecture, The Creator, Neville says, nothing has ever happened to you that you did not set in motion in your imagination. I tell you, you can be anything you want to be, but when you voice your request, your desire must be genuine. You must so want it that you are willing to remain faithful to your change in position. You cannot assume you have your desire for one little moment and then return to your former state. For if you do, you are a double-minded man and will not receive anything from the Lord as told us in the book of James. If you want to be successful in business, you can. I don't care how many creditors you owe or what the bank says you have. If you assume success and persist in that assumption, you cannot fail. This is the law by which everyone lives. He continues, Now if I move from that I am into what I would like to be, you will still be my friend. So in imagination, I let you see me as you would have to see me if things were as I want them to be, and there I remain. I can't be double-minded and let you see me in my former state, but must persist in my new state until it becomes natural and outpictures itself in my world. In his 1969 lecture, Your Maker, he says, Paul found Christ to be his human imagination and urged everyone to test himself. Like Paul, I urge you to test your human imagination. You do not need the money or the time to go anywhere in your imagination, yet you can put yourself there, just as though you had made the trip. If you do, and your circumstances change so that the money and the time appears, allowing you to go, have you not found Jesus Christ to be your imagination? That is what scriptures teach. But man has personified the story and made Jesus Christ into a little idol to bow before when the true God is human imagination. All things are made by the human imagination. Imagine something that is not now a fact. Persist in your imaginal act. And when it becomes a fact, you have found God. Once you have found him, 
never let him go. In his 1969 lecture, The Ultimate Sense, Neville says, So when you know what you want, construct a scene which would imply that you have it. Enter the scene by touching the articles there, listening to the sounds that may be heard, seeing with your spiritual eye, and smelling its odor with your spiritual nose. Bring all of your senses to bear upon the scene, implying the fulfillment of your dream. After you have done it, persist in the awareness that your desire is already a fact, for the present moment does not recede into the past, but advances into the future to confront you. You will walk into your future and confront the fulfillment of your desire, which began as a dream. In his 1969 lecture, The Artist is God, one of my favorites, Neville says, on the highest level, God's great artistry is concentrated on the making of his image. On this level, he, as you, can do the same. A friend may say he would like to be a doctor. Another friend wants to be a successful businessman or a dancer. Every desire is an image. As the artist, lower to this level, you can form images of your friends. And if you persist in your assumption, in time, your friends will radiate and reflect your artistry. God is the great dreamer in man bound in a deadly dream until he forms the image called Christ in himself. Only when Christ is formed in man will he awaken from his dream of life. Now on this level you can be bound in a dream too. Perhaps you would like to be a great artist. That is your dream, your image. How would you feel right now if you were? Can you believe your assumption is true? even though your reason and senses deny it? Can you persist in your imagination as the highest level of your being persists in his image? In his 1968 lecture, There Is No Fiction, Neville says, the secret is to imagine to the point of self-persuasion. Can you believe what you are imagining? There are not two of you, you and imagination. You are not reshaping a piece of pottery when you imagine, but yourself. You are moving into your desire. If you persist until you see exactly what you want to see, fix your position with the glue of feeling and remain there. It will be reflected on the screen of space, just as your world is now reflecting the fixed state from which you are viewing it. He continues, in the meanwhile, believe me and test your creative power. You can bring anything out of nothing by conceiving a scene implying the fulfillment of a dream and believing in its reality. Persist in your belief and your invisible dream will become a visible fact. That is falsifying the records, which is allowed. Thank you all so very much for listening to all of these passages written by Neville Goddard on the topic of persistence. I truly think that is a major reason why many of us may not see the crystallized version of our desires and our assumptions. Persist, persist, persist. And in all these passages, there's quite a simple recommendation, isn't there? That we just believe in our desires and persist in them and live knowing our imagination is what creates reality. I hope this was of some inspiration to you. And as always, imagine wisely. Lots of love.